0: following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour locally produced show focusing on people and events in central Oregon.
1: We are talking with Sarah Ann Reed today from Pack Dynamics, who is back with us again. And she's here to talk about camping with your dog. I'm sure... Many, many people want to take their dogs camping with them. So welcome, Sarah. I'm anxious to hear about this.
2: It's always a pleasure to be here.
1: (laughs) Yes. So have you ever gone camping with your dog? I
2: have. I've gone camping with my dogs and... It's, it's really fun when you have everything that you need with you. Not so fun if you forget something really important or didn't realize
1: that you should take something with you. Right. It can make a big difference for you and the dog and everybody else around you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's get an idea about what kind of things need to be brought along in the camping trip with you to begin with.
2: Yes, so if your dog is crate trained, it's a really good idea to, to take the crate with you. If you have... A younger dog, you can always take an X pen with you as well. Some people call it a puppy play pen. It's like a fenced in area that you can take with you. Makes it so much easier when you're camping with your dog, especially when they're under a year. Mm -hmm. A tie out is always a really good idea to take with you so that you can attach your dog to a tree close to, you know, close to the back of your campsite, not never want to tie them to a tree close to the entrance to your campsite and then they're rushing out and barking everyone that gets too close and
1: in the road which would be dangerous Yeah, in
2: the road or if it's not the road if it's a trail that's going past your campsite then rushing out and barking at every person and dog that goes by which isn't fun to deal with when you're walking by a campsite either because then it could be a a dog fight, right?
1: Yes, right,
2: right. So some other things, you know, especially once we get a little warmer weather here, a cooling mat. Mm-hmm. A cooling mat can be great to take because when it's really hot out, of course, you want to make sure that your dog is on a tie out close or or in the neck an X pen close to a tree where they have a lot of shade. But when it's really hot, a cooling mat can make a big difference too.
0: I've never used a cooling mat. Is this something you have to put water in, or how does that work?
2: No, you can buy them at different pet stores, and it just looks like a plastic mat that you lay down, and when the dogs lay on it, it cools them. It's really, really cool. Okay. Something else that some dogs will love too when it's, when it's warmer out is putting some ice cubes in their water dish and letting them chew on the ice cubes. That can help them cool down too. Mm-hmm. And even if you have an old washcloth or a towel that you take with you and soak it in some cool water for a little bit and don't wring it out all the way and then kind of pat your dog down with it to help them cool off when it's, when it's roasty, toasty mm-hmm. out there.
1: Yeah. right? They'll probably enjoy going in the water, too, if it's allowed.
2: Yeah, hopefully you're by water and then they can go in the water, you know, but they dry off so quickly when it's so hot out, so it's Mm -hmm. really important to make sure that they always have water close. So, so many times when I see people on hikes, they don't have a collapsible water bowl with them, they don't have water for the dog, and the person is hot and you can see the dog is just overheating the other thing to remember when you're camping it's it's really really hot on their little feet when they're walk walking on the concrete so something that you can buy to protect their feet is musher's secret you can use this in the winter time when it's really cold out and it stops the dogs from getting frostbite on their feet also stops the snow from kind of balling up in between the pads and their paws and protects their pads in the summertime.
1: So it's like an ointment.
2: It's it kind of looks like the consistency of Vaseline almost. They use it for mushing huskies. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it comes in a tube. You can get it. I know that they sell it at Ben Pet Express. It's great. And it lasts for forever. So you just put some on and rub it on the pads of their paws and between their paws, if you like. And it's a really good protector.
0: And the name of it again is?
2: Mushers Secret.
0: Mushers Secret. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's awesome. That's cool. So that's, you know, that can be really helpful because we forget how hot the ground is. We're in flip flops and our feet are protected, but a lot of times I've, I've walked past or driven past people walking their dogs, and looks like the dog is dancing yeah, because yeah. their little feet are just coming off the ground so quickly. So it's really important to maybe take your shoes off and see how hot it is on your feet. Yeah, I yeah. usually
0: stick my hand down. Asphalt, black asphalt is particularly <laughs> yeah. bad. Uh, white yeah. sidewalk, cement sidewalk is cooler, but still, anything over 80 degrees, it gets really hot. It
1: gets yeah. really, really hot. Well, and yeah. there are the, the little booty kind of things, too, that you there can There are booties. On. And yeah. if your dog is used to that. If your
2: dog's used to it, some dogs will just spend the whole time trying to take the booties off. Um, sometimes you spend half the walk of trying to find the last booty that fell off. Yep. You know, so it really just depends on which booties you get and if your dog likes them or not. Mm-hmm. Mushers' secret: you can put on any dog yeah. as long as they're comfortable having Summer their or feet winter. touched. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is great. Something else important to take with you. Take a couple of toys so that they have something to do. Take a bone with you so that they have a nice bone to chew on because, you know, we're entertained. We take our games with us and we've got family and friends around that we're talking to. But you can't expect your dog to just sit there and entertain itself when it doesn't have its creature comforts with it, too.
1: So bones and toys.
2: Yep. All right. And... It's really important when you go camping that you pick the right camp spot. You do not want to pick the camp spot that's really close to the bathroom with lots of traffic going past you. You want to make sure that you pick a campsite that says, Far away from other campsites as possible, all the way on the end, if you can, with as much brush and trees around you so they can't see everyone and everything passing by. Something else that, that I always take with me when I go camping is tarps. And that's really helpful because you can tie a tarp at the front of your campsite. If there's a couple of trees there, it's all about picking the right spot, right? So that you can block their view so they don't have to watch everyone that goes past and, and also gives you more privacy. Uh huh. If they can see everyone going past, now they're going to be more likely to bark mm-hmm. and get upset, anxious because people are coming too close. Tarps can also be used to create a little bit more shade for the dogs, too. Yeah. Right? And, you know, the other thing that I see so much, you know, when people go camping is that, that, you know, people have their dogs off leash. Yeah,
0: that's a problem.
2: It is. Running into someone else's campsite and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's really, really important to know that not everyone feels comfortable around dogs, a lot of people are camping with their children that might not be used to dogs and even if your dog is really friendly a parent isn't usually happy with your dog rushing up to their child that's now screaming and crying because mm. they got scared.
0: Well, I saw yeah. a German shepherd knock over a toddler once who was carrying watermelon, Then the dog wasn't oh. intending to hurt the toddler. No. But, yeah, I think camping, walking through the woods and have a dog charge at you who wants to say hello can be frightening. So
1: yeah. It can
2: be scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is that, when you take your dog camping, your campsite is now their territory to protect, and if another dog in a neighboring campsite rushes into your campsite, now there could be a fight. Right. And it you know, it's it's always best and safest for everyone if you keep your dog on a leash when you go camping.
1: Right, right.
2: Or on a tie out or in an X-pen. Right.
1: Thing. Yes. Well, it's, it's just the same kind of thing that, that you would need to do if you're in your neighborhood. Your neighbors wouldn't want your dogs running around all over and, and being a nuisance to them. So why no. would it change when you're at a campground and people don't know each other? So there, there you really are taking a, a risk.
2: You are taking a risk. Something else that is really important, people can get a little Relaxed around the campsite when they're cooking and normally maybe they don't give their dog table scraps, but hey, we're out camping and you can have some of this steak and you know, or anything that drops on the ground while they're cooking around the campfire Mm -hmm. now becomes fair game for the dog. You don't want to do, you don't want to have different rules when you're camping that you don't want to apply at home. You're just setting yourself up for failure and it's not fair to the dog. You're giving them mixed messages. Messages. There's nothing wrong with giving them a few bites of of steak that's left over, but put it in their dog bowl. Don't hand it to them off your plate or let them eat it off the ground.
0: Yeah. And, and then what about sleeping at night? If you have a big tent and plenty of room, do you have the dog in the tent with you, or do you still keep them tied up outside? What do you recommend?
2: Sure. So at nighttime, it's much more scary for dogs because a lot of times you know there's coyotes close that they might hear there's other dogs around you there could be cougar deer who knows right and really important that you don't leave your dog tied up on the tie out at nighttime you want to make sure that they're in the in the tent with you so If you think, well, my gosh, my dog is going to be jumping on us all night long and we're not going to get any sleep, that's where crate training is really helpful because you can put them in the crate, let them know that it's time to go to sleep. You can always take an old sheet with you, cover it over the top, the back, and the sides of the crate so now it feels more like a little cozy den for them. Yeah, And have the front of the crate facing you where you're sleeping and
1: that will give them a little bit more comfort. Right. Yeah. I well, I took my dogs camping once, and I put them in the back of my Bronco. And yeah, I had dog beds back there, and I just put them in the back there, and it was nice because they were comfortable. They were off the ground. It it was kind of soundproofing, yeah. and yeah, and so. if there
2: isn't, because not everyone has enough space in their yeah. tent, yeah, right. So if you don't, you can always put them in the back of the car with their dog beds, sure. And And you know that's a that's if another option that too way. if yeah. it's set up that way, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I had rented a, a travel trailer, and no animals were allowed in it. Oh, oh. so ah. you know I had to find some other way to to accommodate them. So they slept in the Bronco. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: well, I'll tell you, it crate training as a puppy is really helpful all the way in, into adulthood. Yeah. When we go on. Yeah, when we go on road trips, we take our crates with us and stick it in the hotel room, and that's their sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. So camping would be the same thing.
2: Same sure. thing. Sure yeah. You would. all, and you know, the crate is like the den within the den. So then you've got their safe space wherever you go. You wanted to talk a
1: little bit about barking.
2: Yes, a common a common issue for. For people when they go camping with their dog is that their dog is barking more than they usually do. And they don't know how to to address that. So just remember when you're out camping, there's so many sights and sounds and smells that your dog is being triggered by. And anything that they hear, see, smell that they don't understand or anything that has been a threat in the past is now an automatic potential threat for them. So... Like I've said before, some dogs will bark for different reasons. Dogs will bark to try to get your attention. Dogs will bark when they're playing. This is just if they're barking to alert you of a potential threat. It could be someone that they hear in a neighboring campsite. Maybe another dog is barking. Maybe they just saw someone walking their dog and they're barking. If they bark, I want you to say, let's say the dog's name is Bear. Thank you, Bear. And people will say, okay, why am I saying thank you to my dog? I don't want them to bark anymore. Isn't that going to encourage them? I usually say, no bark, no bark, no bark, no bark. And as you listen to me, it's like barking with them, right? Yeah. If you, yeah. just, so you don't want to bark with them. The reason that you're saying thank you is you, you have to acknowledge the alert with a calm, appreciative tone. And in our culture, we've been taught to just automatically slip into that tone when we say thank you. So thank you, bear. If bear keeps barking, you would get up and walk towards whatever, you know, maybe it's someone passing by with their dog and they aren't all the way up to your campsite yet, or they haven't completely walked. They're not close to walking right in front. You're going to get up and you're going to look in the direction of the potential threat right? You're going to yawn and walk back towards your camp chair, sit down in the chair without looking at your dog or saying anything. By looking, turning away and yawning, you're showing them that there's nothing to worry about. And you've already taken care of that you've assessed the threat and it's not a threat. Otherwise, you'd be telling them that we need to do something about this, right? If they are still barking, you want to give them 30 seconds to process. Sometimes we get cut off in conversation. We just have to finish what we're saying, right? (laughs) So sometimes they will let a bark out right after you look. Give them 30 seconds. If they're still barking, they have to be taken to a timeout. And how do you put them in a timeout when you're camping? That's where the car comes in really handy too. So with your, your car, your truck, you want to make sure That you pull the back of the car in facing the campsite so that if your dog is is being taken to a timeout now, you slip on the leash, you escort them to the back of the car, and you've already got the car set up just in case. You'd have an old sheet covering the windows, the sides of the car, and pop them in the back of the car Something covering, covering their view so they can't see out through the front, right? Maybe a sun shield or something, right, in the front. And you're going to pull the rest of the sheet over the back window so now they can't see you. So, first step is, thank you, bear. Still, the dog is still barking. You walk in the direction of where the thread is coming, not all the way up to it. Look in the direction, yawn, walk back to your camp chair, to whatever you are doing. If they're still barking, slip the leash on them without looking at them or saying anything and pop them in the back of your vehicle, pulling the sheet down over the back window so their view is completely blocked from anyone passing by and from you. The reason that you're separating them is in the wild when a youngster challenges leadership, they're automatically shunned from the pack for just a few minutes to let them know that it's not their job, right? They're only in there for three minutes. Then you open
1: up the the back of the car and you let them out and put them back on the tie-out. Very good. I want to share with our listeners that all of this information that you are sharing with us is something that I saw last week in a a newsletter that you sent out. Yes. If somebody is interested in receiving your newsletters, can they just sign up? No. Uh, No. I send the
2: newsletters out to established clients just because... There's so much more that goes into this. Oh, this right. is just okay. one part of the training if you're not checking all the boxes and all of the other areas, they could still challenge your leadership and might
1: continue oh, right. barking. So that's just just part of part <laughs> that's of the whole a perk program. of
2: yeah, being, But they could go to your training. go
1: to your website Oh, they though. can go
2: to the website. And yep. what is that? It is packdynamicsllc.com. You can also reach me if you have any any questions at 541-598
0: Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and in our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.